Welcome to the Weekly Watt for Tuesday, June 14th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Colin Jenkins, alongside Laura Rosenberg. We got some really uh, meaty, kind of interesting news to discuss. And then later on in the show, I'm even more excited to kind of have a discussion with you about sort of your opinion and, and what are the benefits and maybe what is best between, you know, home fitness and you know, going to the gym, going to the fitness studio, uh, because, you know, obviously a lot more people are starting to get out to fitness studios and gyms now compared over the past two years, including yourself. And so definitely want to kind of talk about the pros and cons of, of each and, and see, um, you know, which is best for, for most people, because I think there's a, a wide variety of opinions on that. And I think it'll be interesting, but just kind of briefly, what, what kind of stuff have you been doing with your own training? Because you, you've been doing mostly at a, a fitness studio, right? Yeah, I've been at my gym since July of last year. Okay. And it's a small independent gym here in Metro Detroit, and it's called the Fit Park. And it is a cross-fitty, hitty, strength training kind of a place that offers um, group classes and personal training. And I love it. It's really small and classes are capped at like 10, uh, 10 people plus the coach. And it's become a really um, huge part of my life the last, you know, 11 months now, I suppose. Nice. Have you ever done that sort of training before? Never. No, actually, I used to do jazzercise for about okay. eight or nine years. And I say that kind of like with a smirk, because I think there's a stigma around jazzercise. Like you kind of picture, you know, Olivia Newton-John a la the fitness, you know, 80s neon leggings kind of look. Um, but I, my mom goes and my aunt goes and I'm close mm-hmm. to both of them. And I went to a class and I fell in love with it. And I did that for a long time. Um, and then I stopped going to jazzercise. Uh, in summer of 2020, because at the time I was doing physical therapy and I couldn't fit in physical therapy, uh, physical therapy plus jazzercise plus everything else. And then when I was looking to get back into a gym um, last summer, I had a couple of girlfriends who go to my current gym and they both loved it. And I tried it out and I haven't left. So nice. So in terms of jazzercise, is are the outfits not a thing with it anymore, or is it still like? A thing? Uh, I mean, I think I, I think in general, fitness outfits are you know it's a whole multi-billion-dollar industry. But no, it doesn't look like how I think people picture it. It's what what, what I loved about it is that it's women, mostly women, of mm-hmm. all ages and all body types, and the music is big and loud and it's really empowering those classes are super empowering and um but yeah no it's not uh (laughs) it's not you know olivia newton john a la 1989 or whatever and i'm curious i have no idea about anything about it but what's the difference between jather size and like zumba that's a good question. You know, Zumba, I've done Zumba once before. A girl I used to live with probably 10 years ago was really into Zumba. Zumba, when I did the one Zumba class that I did, it was so, they're both very dancey. Um, mm-hmm. Jazzercise does a half an hour of cardio and a half an hour of strength. And even with the strength 
though you will be doing it like you know to a beat like holding weights and kind of pushing and pressing and hinging to a beat zumba doesn't have weights that were involved at least when i went i can't i'm not 100 percent sure if that's always the case but it was very dancey and there was a lot less guidance from the instructor when i went to zumba versus the instructors at jazzercise who really like cue you really well on what to do next and the zumba instructor i went to she was just dancing <laughs> i was just trying to keep up the jazzercise they prep you really well in terms of like what's coming so gotcha gotcha okay well now we know now we know and uh so yeah ladies and gentlemen welcome again to the weekly what podcast where each and every week we come together to nerd out about everything in connected fitness and health and if you like that you can head over and subscribe to our youtube channel connect the watts to watch more news reviews tips and guides and of course you can listen to the weekly watt podcast here or on any other major podcast platform like apple and spotify uh, this episode is brought to you by tempo uh, they have been sponsoring a lot of the uh, connect the watts weekly watt podcast so a big thanks to them and We'll talk a little bit more about tempo later, but for now, we're going to start with four news items, and then we're going to be digging into the topic of the day, which is home fitness uh, versus you know gyms and fitness studios to discuss which is better. Um, so let's go into the first big news story, which is kind of the Apple. Well, Apple had their big. I don't know what you, you're a big, you're into the Apple stuff. The WWE is a DC. Is that what WWE DC? Yeah, okay, WWE. cool. I got it right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they announced, they had a big announcement about the upcoming uh, software updates coming later this, um, this year. And one of the big ones was the new updates coming to the Apple watch with the new watch OS nine. And <clears throat> this was the biggest sort of upgrade to the Apple Watch in terms of fitness that I think they've ever had, um, at least from what I've been able to kind of see over the past several years, um, and included a lot of really big updates, including more kind of advanced uh, running metrics like uh, vertical oscillation, stride length, and ground contact time. So things traditionally measured by more advanced like running specific watches like, like Garmin or Coros. Uh, they're also adding like heart rate zones and the ability to create custom workouts and, and be able to create alerts around those and, uh, and even be able to kind of vaguely be able to track your routes with, you know, GPS and, and some other, um, things like that. Do you use an Apple watch or any kind of wearable right now? I don't. I used to have an Apple Watch many years ago, and I kept it for a couple of weeks, and then I returned it. It was too... I know that you can adjust the notifications to not mm. notify you all the time, but I just felt too connected, and so I mm -hmm. I had an Apple Watch for a while. I used to have a Fitbit back when I did exercise to make sure I was getting my steps in, but I no longer have that either, actually. Yeah, no, I mean, I used, I mean, I still have an Apple Watch. I still look at it. I don't use it very much because I'm kind of like you in the sense, well, I, I work from home. So I have like my phone's right here. Somebody texts me, my computer's here. Somebody emails me. Yeah. And so the I, I didn't need another thing telling me anything. Uh, sure. I didn't find that super useful for me either to be just have that additional thing. Um, I mostly just used it to find my phone that I lose all the time. 
uh, go with the little alert. Um, and, but, and then the other problem with it, you know, I've always found because I've always just been more interested in the fitness side of things is that, you know, Apple watch has kind of traditionally been behind in terms of like use case for fitness compared to anything else. Like you, you don't want to be messing around with kettlebells cause it's going to be in a spot where it's going to break, uh, it, it has a one day battery life. So it's not really great. It's hard to do sleep tracking on it because you have to remember to charge it before you go to sleep. Uh, and then there wasn't really any workout metrics that were useful. And, but now it looks like they're making some big headways to kind of capture maybe more of the, I guess the general fit, the people who are just want to know if they're getting enough steps are going to find it useful. But, um, people who want maybe more advanced stuff have always just kind of gone on to other stuff. And so I'm, it's interesting that they're now starting to kind of dip into uh, some more, you know, I would say more intermediate to advanced, you know, people who like to work out and have been working out some metrics and some abilities that would kind of lean, make them lean towards using an Apple watch, I think. Yeah. Well, I feel like this kind of tracks for Apple. I mean, they're always a little bit behind everybody else with everything. I mean, they just released, mm -hmm. you know, at WWDC last week, they just announced the ability to customize your lock screen for the first time and like truly customize it with fonts and colors mm -hmm. and make it more personalized. So again, I don't have an Apple watch anymore, but it doesn't surprise me that they're now starting to get into some of the um, tracking systems, I suppose, uh, for like the metrics that other wearables have already been doing this all this all tracks for apple <laughs> yeah no i'm definitely interested to see if people if it does like help them kind of capture more of the fitness crowd i i, I just feel like that it's, it's really going to help hurt or it's gonna be a struggle for them especially with that one day battery life it's it's a especially if you're going to include like gps tracking which would drain that life even further it'd like cut that life in a lot so i'm curious about how you know they're going to go about it if they're maybe the new apple watch is going to have maybe a much better battery to support um better fitness use cases but um you know i'm excited about it i'm excited at least to test all of the different things out um and then some of the running metrics they have like the vertical oscillation the ground contact time um vertical oscillation is basically you know how much you kind of float up and down as you run uh, ground sure. contact time is how much your how much time your foot is on the ground per step, and and they also have uh, I think there's something else that was that was really interesting that they're adding in that you don't typically see on watches. Oh no, in stride length, but that's that's typical for for watches. But the other two are hard to measure with watches alone, and so um, and usually to get those type of metrics, you have to have an additional accessory. So um, it's I think there will be some runners that kind of like use the Apple watch that maybe have used it would have used it anyway, but kind of just gone on to other watches when they actually run. So um, really interesting. And then the next kind of product that got announced this week was the Normatech three compression system, uh, Normatech compression pants. I don't know if you have you ever seen Normatech compression like pants or the boots I have no idea. No, I have no clue what you're like what this is, but I'm really excited to learn about it. I actually need to learn more about things about compression, everything, because I kind of have a um, 
I have not injured my knee, but I have some discomfort in my knee from going to the gym just from being there. And yeah. I keep hearing about the compression things, uh, you know, sleeves for my knee, you know? So I don't nothing, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to learn about it. Yeah. So the Normatec compressions are more for like a recovery device. Um, you see them in a lot of like sports. You see these big like leggings that people are wearing as they're like laying yeah. out on the table. Um, so Normatec is probably the most popular of those. And they're just these long boots and they even have like ones for your hips and your arms, but the boots are the most popular. And it basically, it's like a massage. It compresses and, and it does so like in a flow, like from your lower calf all the way up to your thigh. Um, and you is it electronic? Uh, yeah, you hook it up. So it's like legs hooked up to a device and you can create the program that you want. Uh, and it's really good for just kind of leg recovery, kind of just moving blood through, kind of massaging your muscles. And the best part about it compared to most like fitness recovery stuff is you don't have to do like any of the work. Like you could just like watch TV and it's, it's working on you, um, you know, compared to like a foam roller where you actually have to actively know work yourself so uh it's amazing electronic workout pants (laughs) or recovery pants or whatever that sounds incredible yeah (laughs) yeah no they're they're really cool and then um so the new one is just like a small upgrade because it's not like there's that much that needs to be upgraded to it Uh, it's just like a more modern design with more programmable options um but even with a small upgrade i'm excited about it just because I just, that recovery stuff is so useful, especially that, like, I have so much recovery stuff around here. Like I have like this massage gun here. I have like a ball over there. There's so much stuff, but realistically, you know, how much stuff are you really going to use every day? Um, So I think it comes down to like, you know, preference and maybe what you find most useful. Um, But I would have to say the, the pant, the Normatec pants are probably my number one like most used. Um, so I'm excited about that. And they're launching at a price that's cheaper than the previous one. So that's always like a bonus too. Um, and then the next two stories have to do with Peloton. So last week they had Peloton have their first live uh, studio class in over two years. Um, and our producer, uh, Seth, uh, got invited to attend that and uh, went there early in the morning to jump into the first class of the day. Um, And I was able to talk to him and, um, but yeah, I think, have you ever done, so you've done jazzercise, have you ever done like a spin class or anything like that? Yeah, I did a spin class once. Um, I liked it just fine. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. I didn't like, and this is going to sound strange. I, it was a great workout, but I didn't Mm -hmm. like, seeing just a pool of sweat next to me, like my own, uh-huh. and then also everybody else's around me. But and it kind of, it was so like muggy in there as well. I don't know. There wasn't like, maybe there just, there just wasn't great ventilation, but I did try Peloton. Well, the app, I tried the app when I was out of the country in April, I was out of the country for like two and a half weeks. And our mm-hmm. girlfriend from my gym um, gave me a 60 day guest Past to use a Peloton app, and I did. I did that, but I, I I didn't do it for a bike. I was just doing like hit classes and strength training and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I've never been, um, but I could I definitely now that I think about my own like indoor rides, there is always a pool of sweat. Um, 
and you know i've never done it like in a group of others so i can imagine that if there's not a lot of like air filtration that it gets like super steamy um, kind of gross kind of gross yeah <laughs> well, i mean <laughs> yeah I, I think, <laughs> yeah um but interesting I, i'm but i'm curious they're evidently you know it's kind of weird because i take all these peloton classes so normally and i started about a year and a half ago with them and in the classes it's always been just the coach in an empty room um so now it's going to be feel a little different with other people kind of in the background uh you know they're kind of dark but you can definitely see them and uh i know, you know some people are not happy about having that and some people are excited to see like other people um but evidently peloton is going to have it kind of split so friday saturday and sunday the classes are going to be like with people and then the rest of the week um and there's not going to be anybody in there so um no it's, it's definitely interesting to see you know things open up and um like you were saying i think seth, seth was saying in the class like it was like it was like jam-packed like elbow to elbow uh 39 people in a in a fairly small room that um and they had good you know air filtration but it still got super hot sure and, pretty well yeah. <laughs> Just, you know in general yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and i'm sure they're still working out some of the stuff as they're still kind of like testing it like one day a week to like figure out everything and make sure they have it all dialed before they completely let you know all the classes have uh participants on the weekends and so the final bit of peloton news i want to talk about is the possibility of the Peloton rower being canceled. So Peloton, now this is not like anything confirmed or anything that Peloton has said themselves, but they announced the new Peloton rower, which got a lot of people excited about because people have been hearing about the Peloton rower for the past three years. Like there's been rumors about it for over three years now. Uh, personally, I think it's been ready, but just money-wise, it hasn't made sense to manufacture it. And they announced it in their homecoming event that was last month. They said it would be coming sometime this year. And then I think it was either today or maybe yesterday, they removed all mentions of the Peloton rower on their Instagram and their Twitter. So I don't know if it means like it's canceled or if it's delayed or maybe they're just making some modification to it where those that video doesn't make sense. Maybe it's like a different change but something's kind of going weird going on with that something is amiss with the peloton rowing situation i feel like that'd be a, a home run right i love rowers i love we have one do we have one at mm -hmm. my gym yeah we do, we do and i love them i think that's a really fun i love upper body stuff i love mm -hmm. and i would imagine that a peloton rower you know that that, that, that there's definitely a um a demographic that will hit like that's i think there's so much fun more fun than a bike to me but uh that surprises me that i thought you were going to say that peloton has its rowing machine coming out and then you're like it's it's maybe canceled i'm like oh no <laughs> like i feel bad for people because i'm sure they're really yeah I, mean, I know a lot of people are really excited about it and you know rowing i'm like you i, I mean I, I like biking as well i think there's benefits to both kind of styles but um you know i've been rowing pretty frequently for the past 14 years. And um, it's it's definitely something I really enjoy. I think for the average person, they might get more out of, especially crunched on time, I feel like you get more out of a rower than you might a bike in a shorter amount of time. 
um, it's a lot harder to row for 60 minutes than to bike for 60 minutes, for example, like a 60 minute row is very long. Uh, and so I know a lot of people were excited about it, but obviously at the same time, there's a lot of things going on, uh, with Peloton, their stock. I don't know if you pay attention to like their, um, their, the company itself and the health of its company, but basically the short story is, you know, during the pandemic, they blew up their stock went to like 170 at, a, at its peak, right? It started at 26, 28, went up to 170. Later, earlier this year, went down closer to 100. And then ever since then, it's been kind of in a downfall. And then to this week, it went under $10 for the first time. So it's at $9 now. So they've lost like almost 90% of where they were. Um, so they have been struggling. I've, I think they're going to be sold any day now, but they somehow aren't. So that I would feel like is probably the most likely story behind the rower because they don't really make a lot of money on the hardware sales. They make way more on memberships in terms of like their profit margins. Right. Sure. And so, yeah, yeah. and it's really costly right now with the federal rate increasing to, to borrow money. Um, and so they're maybe looking at like, Hey, we want to manufacture these rowers. It's going to cost a lot of money to borrow. And maybe that's not like what we should do right now. And as much as I love rowing and it's a grow, it's growing rapidly. It's still a fraction of the sales of like treadmills and bikes. And so, and they have, and they Peloton made their biggest mistake. What they made last year is they thought, the pandemic interest would be like that forever. And so they made so many bikes that now they have so much inventory. They have, you know, years and years of inventory that they don't know what to do with They're paying to hold it. And, you know, they're, they won't admit it, but a lot of that tech might be um, no longer relevant in two or three years as advanced, more advanced things come out because it's tech, right? Like the screens will probably have to be replaced in a year. And so if they don't get it moving, it's just going to be wasted cost and so um they're kind of in a position trying to figure all this out um i i i yeah as, as some because you guys probably use like a concept too what kind of rower do you guys use at your gym do you know i don't know the i don't know the brand um i don't know the brand you know you just is there, is there water or is it a fan there is no water there's a fan there's a fan okay but i would love to charge so, with water I, I think a water one would be dope you know i think that that's super <laughs> cool yeah they don't have yeah i know no, they're both nice. Uh, most gyms besides like Orange Theory use like the Concept 2. That's like the most popular one. And um, that one can connect to programs like an iPad or iPhone via Bluetooth. Um, yeah. So you're like so roaring I mean, like, as you go. So it's like a virtual experience, you know? Is that what that does? Like with the iPad? Exactly. Or whatever? You can basically make it into a connected fitness rower. Um, yeah, I love it. But at, at a much lower cost, right? Because it's not a you know, it's half the cost of most of the other rowers on the market, um, but it works just as well or better in many cases. Um, and I'm I always curious if like, mm-hmm. No, I was going to ask you, so do you think that, because you were talking about Peloton and their stock falling below $10 and all these things, do you think it's it was just a, a cultural moment, like a company that came around and you blew up? I don't, I don't know much about it. I just know that it was, mm-hmm. it felt like this, massive cultural phenomenon and then maybe peaked 
maybe when it was in Sex in the City, maybe, or that was like the beginning of the end. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I do. It was like I never heard of it, and then it blew up during the during the pandemic in the beginning of the lockdown. To me, at least, like in my memory, and yep. it does feel like people talk about it less now. But it was like it was everything. I mean, it was all over the news, and it was all over mm-hmm. Twitter. And I feel like I couldn't escape it. And but it's not a cheap membership, you know. But I think mm-hmm. for the bang for your buck, I mean, the people who did it and do it really are loyal to Pelotons. So I'm curious if you think that it is kind of past prime now that we're we're not out of the pandemic, but obviously people are going back out and doing other workouts versus staying home and using the Peloton app. Yeah, no, I think um, it's definitely not even close to peaked yet. Um, In terms of its numbers dropping, that's because its growth is dropping, but it's still growing. So like their membership base isn't dropping their whole, they have like a 98% retention rate, uh, which is better than like Netflix or anybody else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. once people do it and it, part of it is like, also like if you aren't going to do it, you're probably going to sell your Peloton to somebody who is. And so that subscription cost is going to be paid by somebody. Sure. Um, sure. So that's part of how they keep that retention so high. But uh, in terms of their growth, like all these connected fitness companies, they're still growing at rates faster than they were pre-pandemic. So sure. what really I think happened a lot was, you know, when during, when obviously when I was at home and people wanted to work out and do things at home, obviously that demand really increased. And I think it just, a lot of people who probably would have bought a Peloton over the next five years they bought it within one year sure. all at the same time. And that so now we're seeing like, okay, everybody who would have bought it this year, they probably would have already bought it. And so obviously we're gonna have a big kind of drought and then things as things kind of build up. Um, but it's all the connected fitness companies are still for the most part growing pretty well. And some of the companies are doing better than others, but it's mostly based on the decisions they made around expenses because they all you know hired tons of people so now they have to lay them off because they they anticipated growth that um wasn't sustainable and peloton was the biggest kind of made the biggest errors in terms of this they really thought that there would be no stopping that growth um and so they they paid hundreds of millions of dollars to develop manufacturing facilities uh buy um, buy out various companies and, and just grow tremendously. And then when things started to slow down, they're like, they they had done way, way too much. And now they're in a tight position um, with money. And uh, so that's kind of what put them in the hole. But in terms of their growth, they could still do extremely well. Just they had to figure out the money issue. And unfortunately, at the same time, money is getting harder to borrow. So they're, that's where it's kind of making them drop pretty hard. But uh but no, in terms of like people joining it um, and sticking to it, like the numbers are still great. It just that's uh, not helping them financially where they need to be, probably. Sure. But uh, anyway, in terms of that rower, what I was going to say is I really am interested in, I would love to see, because I think Peloton is much better as a media company than as an equipment company, even though they've mm-hmm. invested so much into their equipment. Their equipment is good, but it's not the best. Um, the reason it's, the considered the best is because it has some of the best programming with their 
you know, classes. And so sure. I'm really curious to see since their classes is really what their profit margin is, if they can get into more of a open source, like, like Netflix, like you can take their classes on any bike or if you have a, maybe they can still do rowing classes that you could take with any other rower uh, sure. and even connect to a lot of them connect via Bluetooth, like the concept two, which you probably have your gym. Um, and then, you know, somebody has a concept two rower, which, there's millions of concept two rowers in people's garages all around the United States right now. Like they're everywhere. Um, yeah. You could tap into a whole new audience of people who probably wouldn't have bought a Peloton rower, but maybe would want to take a Peloton class with it. So sure. I'm not sure if that'll happen, oh, but I, uh, I, I think that would be so cool. I was so I was super impressed with the Peloton app and all the mm -hmm. options that I had to choose from. And how much I could filter it down into like, I want to do 10 minutes of upper body and that's it. <laughs> and yeah. you know, intermediate, intermediate. And actually I remember thinking when I did my first class on the Peloton app, I did a 30 minute hit class thinking I was like an intermediate level. Cause I work out, you know, I, I go to the gym a lot and I, I don't know if it was cause I was like, by myself in, in this gym without people around me to like motivate me. But uh, it was significantly harder than I thought it was going to be. But I was super, super impressed with the app and how you could choose all the different, you know, the, the variety of workouts that they had for running, cycling, hit yoga. And then from there, being able to filter it. So I think it'd be super cool if you could hook it up, like do, you know, have the same, have the rowing be an option on the app as well. That'd be amazing. Yeah, and no, I think I think it would be a win-win for for them and and everybody because you know they're, it just to have to focus on selling like they're obviously having issues with so much inventory. It's like, do you really want more inventory to deal with, or with profit margins that are super tiny, uh, or just like sell what they're really good at, which is their their content, like you're saying, being able to, and it's useful. Like you know, as, and we're going to talk about this during our discussion on home working out at home versus out and about but it is very useful to have especially for people who are just so busy maybe it's like i have 20 minutes like what can i do to work yes. on my goals in these 20 minutes without traveling anywhere or dealing with whatever um yes. and just being able to have something just like right there right away they can just jump into and, and go um and peloton solves that answer for i think a lot of people but um yeah let's let's so let's talk about our main discussion for today. Actually, first, let's actually talk about Tempo because Tempo did sponsor uh, this episode of the Weekly Watt. Uh, Tempo is a home fitness studio. They have the home, uh, the Tempo Studio, the Tempo Move. I, I use them both. I think they're great. But here's a little uh, video I made about the. And now a big thank you to Tempo who has helped make the Weekly Watt possible by sponsoring this episode. In a connected fitness landscape that is changing so rapidly and with the fairly high price it can take to build out your own connected fitness home gym, it's nice to know which products are future-proof and which may become obsolete in just a few years. And that's why I love the Tempo Move. It uses high-quality dumbbells and Olympic-style plates, as well as since it utilizes the tech powered by your iPhone, it is built to last long into the future. And that's important because nobody wants to invest money into something that may not last or be made obsolete within just a matter of years. Make sure to check out the Tempo Move with the link below if you haven't done so already. All right. So 
now let's talk about home fitness versus studio gym fitness. Um, and which is best and, uh, on how you start with why people should go to their local fitness studio. Well, I think if I could reframe that, like, I I don't know that people, Mm -hmm. you know, should or like whatever, but I think the reason why I prefer going to Mm -hmm. a studio because it's like some of sometimes it's some of the only socialization that I get in a day because we work remotely. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, it's nice to be able to engage with people. Also, I'm not as motivated by myself. I have worked out at home. I did virtual classes during the beginning of the pandemic specifically. And I, it, it's not as easy doing it by yourself versus having somebody next to you, like my coach next to me being like, you know, pushing me to do more, do better kind of a thing. And I don't know. I just think there's, I have found there to be such a strong camaraderie with the people I work out with. I see the same people, um, you know, a variety of the same people um, Monday through Friday. And that has just become um, like a community for me. Like there's a community that I get by leaving my home and going to the gym that I did not get when I was doing virtual workouts by myself um, during the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic. Gotcha. So like for you, I guess the, the main most important thing is the, 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 just the social aspect of it, the being able to have a a group that you see that you interact with outside of your home and just get out that um, versus just kind of staying within your own. Well, for sure. The the social aspect for me is huge, but also all the equipment, right? Like I don't have, I mean, I have some Mm -hmm. stuff here, but I don't have a rower machine. I don't have the skis. I don't have even a BOSU ball. I mean, I, there's a lot that I don't have. I have like dumbbells and resistance bands and you can do, you know, enough with those, I suppose, but um, having access to TRXs and so on and so forth. um, So there's more of a variety in my workout because, you know, it's a gym, right? So they have all that stuff Mm -hmm. ready to go for you. And I do not have the space uh, or the financial means to have (laughs) all those things in my house. Definitely. Now, I'm curious for you, because I think the biggest argument that I think why home fitness is growing to be popular and so popular is because of time. I think more people have every year, it seems like there's less and less available time. Um, And to go to, I don't know how, how, how much time do you think it takes out of your day to, to travel go to the class, you know, come back. I'm curious about time-wise what that is like for you specifically. Sure. I It takes me – my gym is about – to be exact, it's about not a nine-minute drive from where I live. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, you know, 20 minutes round trip. The class is – the classes are either 30 or 45 minutes long. So, okay. it, you know, so, I mean – and then, you know, you can, you, you kind of hang out a little bit after maybe and socialize <laughs> Yeah. and then you drive home. So the whole shebang, I mean, I'll leave my house at six fifty in the morning and then I'm home by eight ten in the morning. And so okay. it's about an hour, 
20 minutes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, no, and I think, I think that's, that's reasonable. I think it's not too bad for, for some people, but I think also there's many cases where it's like, or at least on many days, or if, if somebody wants to work out every day, maybe have a daily routine, it could be difficult to make it out every single time. Whereas with home fitness, maybe not by itself, maybe as like a, maybe as a, an additional component to what you do at the gym, but it allows for, you know, having more of a daily consistent routine, um, in terms of being able to work out, because I, I know, you know, for me, even, you know, I have a gym, I have it with tons of equipment, but it's like, and it's 15 minutes away. Um, and I work, and I have more equipment than here than most. So it's a little different here, but like, I never, if I have a choice, I'll never go just because that half an hour to me is like so valuable. Yeah. I feel like, but again, there's, there's less of a difference in terms of like equipment there versus here. There, there's some sure. difference, but not as much as like the normal person, like normally sure. don't, people don't have the whole garage filled with stuff. And so I can, sure. I see how it can be definitely different depending on, you know, what you're looking for um, and what you're doing. And then also the social component, because for you, it's a big social thing. Um, and for me, like I've never, even though I've like ran group classes for like 14 years, I've never, ta I've taken like two group classes in my life. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it just goes, just for me, I guess, like I've never enjoyed being, working out as a group. I, I like hanging out after the workout's done, but I've never actually, for some reason, just enjoyed doing uh, a group type of training session together. Um, but I, I think I might be the, I think more people will probably be more in your boat where that's more enjoyable than for me. And I think a lot of times it has to do with guys and, and women too. I just, I know that in group scenarios, usually it's about 60 to 70% of at least the initial signups tend to be women. Um, and then they yeah. usually drag husbands in and they like it, but it's usually the, the women who kind of initiate uh, joining kind of a group uh, fitness studio. That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't think about that, but it is like, it's interesting because my gym is the, my classes are definitely majority women, but they're, but like my coach is a guy, you know, and mm -hmm. um, he's incredible. Shout out to Anthony at the Fit Park. He's like a favorite person. Um, but also a point to working out at home though, too, which I think, I don't know if you were going to get here, but um you know, it's, it's a luxury to be able to afford an unlimited membership to go to the gym. I mean, I am not, you know, what I'm paying is relative to my financial means, but there are, you know, I mean, how many videos are online for free for people to access on YouTube. And again, going back to like, you know, you can do a shitload with dumbbells and resistance bands or, you know, I, I, I can vividly recall being in a virtual jazzercise class before I like quit mm -hmm. or I kind of hate that word before I, you know, mm -hmm. I did I quit <laughs> um, where, where the instructor was like, if you don't have weight, because you know, there, everybody was like, you can't go to the store. You can, you know, you stay inside and be like, like everybody was so sequestered. 
and they would be like, you know, pick up a soup can if you have it and use it as a weight. So I think that, you know, the a, a big benefit for a lot of people um, or a reality for a lot of people rather is that it doesn't have to cost you a dime. You have to have the internet, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then some motivation and something to lift ideally or whatever, but, it, but like yoga, you're not lifting shit in yoga except for your own body, right? So you don't have to have all the stuff. So I, I do think that's probably a big reason is just, um, I mean, you know, big reason maybe, I don't know, but it definitely is a valid um, point for working out at home. Like it's so convenient. Mm-hmm roll out of bed and turn on your TV or turn on your, or, or you know, turn on YouTube or whatever, or whatever, and do something for free. I mean, I was doing free yoga on YouTube for a little while, a few years ago, and it was amazing. I got sick of the ads, but like, mm-hmm. it was better than nothing, and it didn't cost me mm-hmm. a dime. So I think that's huge for a lot of people. Yeah, and I don't think many people, I think you touched on some interesting points. I don't think people understand the kind of economics of, fitness studios in general. And I think they're going to start to see some issues between um, pricing um, really soon. Because so basically what essentially I'm talking about is for gym classes and studios, because it has become kind of commoditized over the past 15 years, is the cost of a class today or maybe last year isn't that much more expensive than it was 15 years ago. And the problem, the problem with that, um, not from a consumer aspect point, but from a business point is that it becomes very difficult to run a profitable business. And so, like you said, you have a class of 10 people, which is great because, uh, you know, once you get so big, it's hard to actually get as much benefit because you're not really getting seen. Right. You can't slack if the, you know, it's capped at 10 people. There's not a lot of like getting away with anything. <laughs> when there's 10 no, and, and that, that's really good. Uh, that's really good. And, but, but for the most part, in terms of like classes, it's like, like to just give you some numbers, like during the pandemic, because most gym or small fitness studio owners don't make that much money. The average, I think the average salary for a studio owner was about $2,000 a month. Um, prior to the pandemic. And so at least in California here, we saw about 30% or more of the studios close over the past two years uh, during yeah. the pandemic. And that's because there's no, mar- like once there's a little bit of a problem, there was no you know backup, even though there was some financial support, it wasn't going to be enough. And uh, now that kind of we're on the back end of that and more people are coming back, it, it's good. But I think, you're also seeing like people are like realizing like we need to charge more. And so I think what's going to likely happen is these classes are going to become more of a luxury, especially the smaller group ones that you're talking about where it's like 10 or less. Like, I don't think it's on, it might sound ridiculous, but I think for, I would expect that cost to slowly increase close to $40 uh, a session uh, in the, within the next few years um which is going to be on the table for maybe a lot of people um especially to go all the time maybe once or twice a week but to go all the time like that that's why a lot of gyms now they only offer three times a week memberships or or some similar models like that because they they can't really have 
especially with the space that they have, you know, people coming in all the time, but still paying like 150 or $200 membership um, for those small classes. So I, I think the luxury part could be a big kind of component to kind of driving that home usage where, you know, for Peloton, it might be $44 a month um, plus maybe a piece of equipment and some dumbbells, but you're pretty good for the next like five, eight years. Yeah, depending a, on how right. you do it. Uh, in a way, right? It seems like it's interesting. Yeah. And our, especially if they're able to eventually get those, that equipment down to a lot cheaper, like let's say the bike was free, uh, sure. but you had to commit to a certain many years of membership. Um, I think that's where you kind of see some of the growth uh, and some of the um, benefit. And then in terms of like coaching, because I think it's an interesting aspect too, because I think you're in a unique, a unique kind of ask, like group where it's only like 10 people, but I would imagine mm-hmm. most people are in a, a situation where it's like Orange Theory or F45, these bigger gyms. Those are going to be classes of like 40 people. Right. 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 And, and jazzercise, so, you, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. How, how big is jazzercise? I was gonna say yeah. And jazzercise. Um, and jazzercise is a you know it, it's an international. Um, it was like one of the first you know I, uh, global fitness enterprises. Um, mm-hmm. But it is. I would be in classes. I don't know if they capped them because you could just show up to a jazzercise class. My yeah. gym. For, uh, the fit park you have to sign up on the mind body app so that they you know and then they'll they'll mm-hmm. it'll say like if the class is full or not and you can like go on like a wait list if it is full but jazzercise i can for sure recall being in classes with you know 50 to 60 people and then the instructor's on like a stage you know and she's dancing around and queuing you up mm-hmm. but um that's really fun because you're you, you feed off of the energy of all those people and it's again great music for jazzercise i still listen to a jazzercise playlist on spotify uh incredible music but my gym yeah capped at 10 um like we were saying with the coaching aspect i mean i would imagine big box gyms you know jazzercise orange theory uh what's the other one even like pure bar i think i've never done a pure bar class but some of my girlfriends are really really into that workout and i think that is more than 10 people, you know, I, although I can't mm-hmm. be sure, but having 10 people or less, and even 10 people at my gym is like, that happens. It is just as frequently full at 10 people as it is not full. So I've been impressed mm-hmm. with two of us, two of us and, yeah. and, and, coach. and then it, it's, it's like, it's basically personal training at that point. I mean, you, you know, mm-hmm. there's, you can't get away with a single thing. <laughs> No, and, and that's, that's just really great to have that kind of situation. Um, and that kind of gives me like maybe to another point with there is so many different types of fitness kind of tech and connected fitness coming and you get different levels. Like I don't think people realize that there's the pros and cons of each type of like workout program that you get. So like just to give, I think – everyone like an overall broad view, at least from my opinion is you have like personal, personal training where you meet somebody one-on-one, have your own program developed, your nutrition plan developed. They can see you, coach you, motivate you. That's like the most customized thing you could get, but that's like, 
insanely expensive for and unaffordable yeah. for most people, right? Yeah. It's like sixty to hundred dollars a session at least, probably more in many cities. Yeah. Uh, so there, that's there that level. Then there's like semi-group training, so it's like a small, maybe even smaller than ten, but like maybe one to two to four people. Um, mm -hmm. Which you can get some of that, but it it then it does lessen a little bit because things aren't going to be as individualized, like your own individual progression for your own goals and movements and, and stuff is going to be um, a little bit slower just because again, it's, you're mixing in other people's, what they're going to be doing too. Um, and you're going to just a little bit less attention, but it's still really good, especially, but, and, and it's going to be a lot more cheap, cheaper than that, but it's still probably mostly unaffordable for the majority of people. Um, yes. And then you get into where you're at, which is kind of like middle term, like, not big, big classes. All of the big, big classes are probably the same cost as your classes. It's, you probably go to like a more of a locally owned individual who, who runs yeah. that studio. Um, so I'm guessing that it's probably in the same, a similar price range as like an orange theory or something like that. Um, but you get to that medium group where it's like six to 12 people. Um, sure. And that's kind of like, I think the sweet spot for a lot of people is you still get enough individual attention that you feel like you're improving um the programming is going to be more general but that's okay for a lot of people um and then you get that community aspect too you can get to know people it's not so big but that you are just one of them ton but you're one of like a group and you can kind of really get, kind of get to know the same people every day um yeah and i think that's why that has been so popular especially with crossfit over the past 10 to 15 years and why we've seen you know such big growth in that kind of area uh, and then now the the big, the gyms that are doing the best are the ones who pack in the most, right? So F45, Orange Theory, those types of gyms, um, 20 to 40 people in a class. Um, sure. And those are the ones I'm always curious about because it's, to me, those are the ones that I feel like could be so easily replaced at home because sure. they get rid of all the complicated movements and barbells and stuff like that. That's space inefficient because they want to pack people in, um, yes. which makes sense for home too, because you need to be space efficient at home. Um, yes. The instructor isn't really able to give you a ton of individual cues. So they're more there to motivate you, which you could kind of be motivated by an instructor on the screen as well, if yeah. they're good. And so that is kind of like the area where I feel is most easily replaced by the at home. It's like, if you have a bike, you could do like, or a rower, you could do like boot camp type classes that are very, very similar to what you would get from one of those other types of gyms for, yeah, there's going to be an initial cost, but long-term much cheaper. Um, yeah. And so that's where I'm cool. curious about if people continue to kind of be attracted to that model, which is the most profitable model. And that's, you know, cause like you should really give your, uh, your instructor and gym owner, like, uh, a big hug because like most likely than not, he's not, he's not making like a ton of money running that thing. He's not getting, you know, rich running that program uh, in most cases, maybe your guy is different, but, but most cases they do it cause they, they really like it and they really like actually train people. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say too, about like the big box gyms, I, I've always been, I mean, I was a part of jazzercise. I keep saying this, but it's like, so that mm -hmm. is a, big box situation but I think 
you know, I mean, it, it feels really good. Like would I pay a month for my independently owned small business gym is not much different than what I would pay for an orange theory or at least in my area in Metro Detroit yeah. or for actually there, there's a pure bar literally right next door to the orange theory in my city. And mm. I always thought that was kind of an odd thing. And then, and then there used to be a nine round. Do you guys have nine round? Yeah, we do. So, yeah. Yeah. So the, so three kind of big boxy, definitely the pure bar and orange theory. I, I, I'm not sure how popular the brand nine round is, but yeah, I'm not paying much different than what those big box people pay. And I feel like, I think most gyms, when you go a lot, um, you're part of that community. It's culty. Like it's all mm-hmm. culty. And I'm guilty of <laughs> like my, mine as well. But um, mm-hmm. I, I don't really understand if you can pay the same monthly price, why you would not support an independent business in your neighborhood if you had that option for the, like the same price. I don't, I don't understand that. I don't judge it. I just don't know why you would choose to do an orange theory versus a fit park when you are getting that individualized attention, but you're still with a small group and you can pay about the same a month for unlimited classes. Cause you know, you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. some people do like three class a week, you know, packages or monthly plans mm-hmm. and mine are straight up unlimited. Oh, wow. So you really do have a rare, you have a rare situation. Yeah. And, and they should really, Fit Park should really hire me. Um, They have a yoga studio attached. So there's a, there's the gym studio with all the TRX and the rower and the skis and the everything, the everything. And you go through a little door and it's a smaller studio, um, but it's a yoga studio. So they have the whole gym classes in both of those rooms. Like for example, that you know they'll have. Um, I go to like a seven fifteen or seven thirty a.m. class. If I'm in a seven fifteen class, then at seven thirty there's another class in the studio next to me. But then in the mm-hmm. evenings they have yoga, and um, that's really popular as well. So I don't know. No, it is. It is part of my package because I'll see it on the app. You know, I'll see that if I. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done it a few times. I love yoga. I would love it if I could do it in the morning. Because after my work day is over, you know, it's hard to work out mm-hmm. after work. Like things pop up that yeah. you have to do versus getting it out of the way in the morning. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we also have yoga. So it's great. No, it is. Um, yeah, and so that's, it's kind of interesting. Then there's, um, so there's those kind of components. And then there's another aspect to the coaching that I think is kind of interesting that I want to touch on is, you know, when you pay for, for example, when you go to a, uh, I guess it depends on what your priorities are. So like if your priority is the social element, like that's like a big part of you, then the group class is obviously going to be, make the most sense. Um, yeah. But if you really wanted individualization and like you want to improve and have a progression that's designed best for you. And I think people do underestimate because it's so rare to have like a program designed for you by somebody and this is my other issue sometimes with coaches in person is I feel the, about them the same way as I feel about uh, like uh, I'm trying to think of like, like masa- like masseuse and stuff. Like there's probably way more bad ones than there are good ones. And sure. I wouldn't like, if you're following people don't realize the difference between having like a, let's just say a PhD level 
exercise scientist um, who has worked with various athletes, designs programs, like like looks at data frequently and creates programs around it for an individual, like that being the extreme, that program is unbelievably more effective than just a general program that you might see, especially written by and designed by somebody who in a lot of cases doesn't really have any educational background or experience with like program design. And so there is a lot of benefits for that individualization if you can have it well-developed. Um, and that's why I think a lot of cases, some people choose to, you know, I can't afford for a personal trainer, but I can have, a, I can afford to have maybe spend a hundred to 200 or $300 a month to have a really top end trainer design a program for me to do by myself. And I can send videos and they'll give me feedback. And maybe that way I'll end up actually getting more attention than I would maybe in a bigger class and more, sure. but that requires somebody to be a little bit more self-motivated and also not care as much about the community aspect because they'd be missing that entirely. And so yeah. like, I think that's where it just, it falls on where the priorities are. Um, and that's like, for me, that's what I would enjoy because I don't care as much for the community aspect, but yeah, there's no point of having an individualized program if you're not going to stick to it because you're not like motivated to work out by yourself. And so yeah. you kind of have to figure out what's going to work best for you. Um, and I think that might be where the home fitness falls short until, until like VR and AR gets like crazy good. And then you can't even tell the difference. And you just, you just think you're around everybody uh, at home, but I don't think we're, we're super close to that yet. Maybe we, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just feel like with, you know, the community aspect is big, but the motivation thing would kill. Like I, I, I just won't work out if I'm not going, I'll go on walks. I'll walk my dog. I'll go on walks by myself throughout the day. Um, but I just won't work out consistently if I'm not leaving my house to go. Cause I, I can't stay motivated. Even when I would do virtual workouts through my current gym, um, on certain days, I wasn't working out as hard. I just, I'm just not. And so I don't know. I also think with coaches, like I think about this a lot too, in terms of, um, you know, I, I, I don't know the statistics, but it, I feel like, cause you were saying earlier that women sign up more or to go to classes or whatever. Um, yeah, for group classes, it's usually a majority of women uh, starting it at least. Yeah. But then like in the fitness space, it seems like there are more male coaches than female coaches. So I think that's a whole, I mean, it's probably a whole other conversation. Right. But like, <laughs> it, it's intimidating to get a coach. Like I was in, before I even joined my gym, I saw that there were two male coaches and I immediately as a female, I was like, nah, I haven't even met them yet. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh no, like they're so strong looking. <laughs> like I'm not, I wasn't like in horrible shape or anything, but I, mm -hmm. I was instantly intimidated. And if they had had a female coach on that, they actually do now. They do have a female coach. Yeah. I, I haven't been to her classes yet because they're in the evenings and I don't go in the evenings. But if there had been a female coach, I wouldn't have hesitated a, a, you know, at all. But I, I was like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, if I want to be in these small group classes with the male coach because it's just, there's just a whole different, um, it's just a different space. Like you have to be, 
being a female in the fitness space can be a very precarious situation. So you have to be mm -hmm. like comfortable with your coaches in order to get the most out of your workout when you're going out to the gym versus being at home, which is very safe mm -hmm. and very yep. comfortable. And cause you know, I've a thousand percent been in situations where I've been harassed, hit on whatever by a male coach. Uh, and you're just like, you know, who makes you feel the exact opposite of how you're supposed to feel when you're working out versus mm -hmm. my coach Anthony, who does, who's, you know, who does everything um, that is not that, <laughs> yeah. right? I don't know. It's just a whole, it's interesting thinking about coaching as it relates to men and women, I suppose, is what I'm, is what I'm trying to say in a very roundabout way. No, definitely. It's definitely um, something that uh, you know, if you're going to be out there, you have to definitely consider versus, you know, just being in the home. So yeah. anyway, um, I think that's going to be it for today. Uh, thanks for jumping in here, Laura, with me. Uh, we'll be on most likely again next week.